In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Happy, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. So I'm sitting in the coffee shop this morning early. It was, what, about 6.30 a.m. here. And another regular customer walks by, and he says with a frown on his face, How are you, darling? And I said, Oh, I'm really good today. How are you? And he frowns more deeply, you know, furrowing the brow and everything. And he says, Well, it's only Monday. And I said, Well, it can only get better then, right? And he rolls his eyes and walks inside, wondering why I can be so optimistic. It's just so fun. It's just so much fun, isn't it? Well, I love Mondays. And, and I love them because I make sure to take time every morning and really reflect back over my weekend. And, you know, I have great weekends. They're simple. They're very simple. But, I, you know, I make sure and meet new people. I make sure and spend time with friends. I try and do things this week and I met some new people. I I cooked with some ingredients that were new to me that I've never cooked with and they're happy, healthy ingredients. And I even got a new printer and well it's one of those wonderful all-in-one jobs, you know, and I installed it on my wireless network all by myself. So I mean that was really happy. So this morning while I'm thinking about this, I realized I love that new factor in my life whether it's internal new, like new thoughts and perspective, new ways of looking at things, or whether it's new friends or the new healthy foods, new printers, whatever it is, I love that. And, you know, whether it's internal or external change, I I think I work at or I think I attract change into my life because it's part of what makes me happy. So, what makes you happy? Do you ever really spend time thinking about that? Well, today you will because our guest today believes that we're all supposed to be happy and healthy and, yes, even wealthy. And he believes that if you're not, it's really no big deal because all you need is a little, little psychological fine-tuning. Yeah, okay, I hear you. I hear all the yeah buts going on in your head. But our guest even believes that it's possible to find true and lasting happiness in these uncertain times. In spite of the challenges presented by our economic times, you can find happiness. No matter what life you're in, you can just move over because according to Robert Mack, there's room for more happiness. And he should know because Rob Holt 
master's degree in applied positive psychology, and that just sounds so fascinating to me. He's a celebrity life coach and author of uh, an Oprah-endorsed best-selling book. He's appeared on NBC, CBS, Fox, and more and more and more and more. I could just go on and on. Robert Mack, welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. Hi, Marla. How are you? I'm really good. How are you today, Rob? I'm great. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Well, Robin, reading over all of, of the wonderful material you sent me, I see that you believe there are two key myths around happiness, the, the belief that life is about reaching a destination and that success, getting what you want, will lead to happiness. And, and you say that these are myths. Tell us a little bit about that, that thought process, Rob. Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of us think that happiness is a place that we can eventually get to somehow or something that we can eventually, um, a place that we can eventually reach, um, like success, that eventually we get to this little corner of the world, everything will be perfect. There'll be perfect relationships waiting for us, perfect circumstances, um, you know, and basically perfect conditions. And we call that perfect place um, happiness, you know. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, if, you, if you're a reader like I am, you know, a lot of philosophers have called that utopia, or some folks refer to that as heaven, but it's this idea that you can ever find a place in the world where everything is perfect, and that's just simply not the case. You're never going to get to a place in your life where everything will be, quote-unquote, perfect, where it'll be a perfect relationship, a perfect person, perfect conditions, um, you know, or, or where everything basically um, is just perfect and ideal. That does not mean um, that you can't create an incredibly interesting life that's full of um, what I call, you know, perfectly imperfect, um, you know, things. Uh, but to think that happiness is something that you can reach to and that you'll sit at, you know, at, at this place of perfection forevermore is a, is a misnomer. Okay, so if happiness isn't about achieving the perfect, then <clears throat> what is happiness? You know, for me, it's about enjoying the, con- the contrast of life. And um, more than anything else, it's not so much about finding this perfect corner or this perfect place in the world, but looking for the perfection that exists within all people, within all relationships, and within all conditions and circumstances. And so it's really about finding beauty wherever you look. And it's about casting your gaze to the sunny side of the sidewalk and doing that consistently. If you can do that consistently, then your life becomes full of nothing but sunshine and, and, and joy and, and bliss and pleasure and well-being. Not to mean that you won't have your bumps on the road and then you won't face uh, contrast. Um, that's what I call um, adversity. Um, but, you, but, but by and large, you will live a very happy, joyful life. And when things don't go perfectly well as planned, um, you'll be able to pivot very quickly and get yourself back to a place of, uh, of feeling uh, good again. Okay, so is this, um, is this by setting up common practices in your life that you can start to kind of, I call it a default setting, so that your, mm. your default setting is to look at the optimistic? Is, is that how that. you suggest we get to you? I, I, I love it, Marla. I love it. Absolutely. I think that most of us actually um, create our lives by default, and that we actually create our lives, um, you know, basically haphazardly. And, and by that, what I mean is that most of us tend to think in very negative ways, and we tend to think in very pessimistic ways. And um, with time, as you begin to practice telling a better feeling story based in truth, as you begin to practice being more optimistic, as you begin to practice thinking in ways that make you feel better and in ways that support and empower you, that becomes your natural setting. It becomes your default setting. It becomes second nature. And so 
everything, you know, is difficult until it's easy. And so walking was difficult until it was easy. You know, speaking was difficult until it was easy. Learning mathematics was difficult until it was easy. So it just takes a little bit of practice. Um, but if you can practice consistently enough, I promise you that it will become second nature. And just like walking or riding a bicycle, it won't be something that you have to so deliberately and consciously think about doing all the time. It will just be very organic and it will come very effortlessly. Okay, so Rob, um, your book, which absolutely sounds fascinating, Happiness from the Inside Out, and that's available at happinessfromtheinsideout.com, um, and I'm sure on Amazon and, and anywhere else that uh, one might look. Um, does this book then describe these steps and how to integrate them into our lives? Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, happiness is um, both a science and an art. And, um, you know, there's an entire science out there called positive psychology, which is only about 10 years new science. It's really based in helping people understand, based on studies and based on empirical evidence, what leads to a happy life and what doesn't lead to a happy life. And so it's a science. It's based on you know, a whole lot of people taking a whole lot of surveys and telling us very explicitly what does make them happy, what hasn't made them happy. But it's also an art. Happiness is also an art. And so it's something that you have to custom tailor specifically for you. You know, science tells us a lot about what's true for the average individual. Um, but if you remember what average really means in a scientific perspective, it means that one arm is in, you know, is in basically a fire, and the other arm is in ice-cold water, and you're calling yourself room temperature, right? So it doesn't really tell us a lot about the individual. It tells us a whole lot about, you know, how to hedge your bets if you want to be happy. But at the end of the day, you've got to listen to your own soul. You've got to speak to your own counsel um, when it comes to living a happy life. Okay. So your book then um, outlines what eight science-based principles is that right for creating a happier right. life, mm-hmm. and um, some real life examples and and some ha- what you call happy habits. I really right. love that. Can you give us some examples of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the first thing that people I think need to be really clear about is that you know happiness is the most important goal of your life, bar none. And I have a lot of people that have challenged me on that. They say, well, Rob, I want to really want to be successful. Or I really want to, you know, be, to be healthy or I want to save the world. And I say, the only reason that you want to do any of those things in your life, the only reason you want a better relationship, the only reason you want better health, the only reason you want more money, the only reason you want a better job, the only reason you want to save the world is because you think it'll make you feel better in doing it. And so happiness at the end of the day is a somewhat selfish um, thing and, uh, and, that's a, and that's a good thing, meaning that the only reason you want anything in your life because you think it'll make you feel better. You think it'll enhance your subjective well-being. And so if you want to be happy, you've got to be clear that the, and make sure that the standard of success in your life with respect to everything is how you feel and not how things look, how things seem, what other people say about those things. It's got to be how you feel. And until you do that one thing, you'll always, be, you'll always miss, right? Because, you know, it's not that our aim has been so off for so long. You know, we've been shooting at success and hitting success for a long time as a country and as a world in a lot of respects. But our target has been off. And so if we've got to shoot for happiness, you'll hit happiness. If you don't shoot for happiness and you make the mistake to think that, you know, any of these other things, perfect relationships, a perfect body, perfect finances, will make you happy, then you're, then you're really, really off. Mm-hmm. Some of my, um, my favorite work on this topic was written by um, Esther and Jerry Hicks. And, um, you know, one of the things that they say is that you, you can choose happy or you can choose sad, but you need to realize that it is a choice and that you have the power to change it 
uh, in spite of your circumstances. Would you agree Mom, with that? So pointed, so pointed. You know, it's at, at the end of the day, you know, we all get frustrated about things. We all get upset about things. Um, things make us sad and we feel jealous. Um, but it does not matter how justified or right you are in any of those things, in any of those emotions. You'd be perfectly justified. You should feel jealous. You should mm-hmm. be, you could be perfectly justified or right that you should be angry, that the world, you know, to you and the way it seems is not going in the direction you want to go. But it doesn't change the fact that you're still ruining your experience. You're ruining your experience in this present moment because you feel crappy for it. But you're also ruining your experience in all future moments. Because mm-hmm. how you feel now is your point of attraction from which everything else um, is drawn. And so, you know, until you get clear about that, until you realize mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, um, happiness is an attractive quality, um, you'll yeah. always be... You know, Rob, we're going to go into a break, and I'd love to talk more about that when we come back in just a minute. Great. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. And we are here today with Robert Mack, who truly possesses a million dollar mindset. Rob is a celebrity life coach, speaker, and best-selling author. You can pick up a copy of his book. It's an Oprah-endorsed book, by the way, at happiness from the inside out. 
www.thrivingmomsbook.com. And going into break, Rep, we're talking about how we can make choices about our responses to things, our emotional responses, um, and and that with some of those choices, we're actually ruining or me okay fine I you know you wake up and one thing after the other seems to be just going off the ship you know you're not happy how can I choose to be happy yeah you know that's such a great question it's one I get a lot but it's an easy simple answer and that is just to reach for a better feeling thought um, you know the way that thoughts work is that they're mood congruent and so when you're feeling down of course the thoughts that are easiest to think are the other you know down thoughts the other blue thoughts the other um, you know, sad thoughts. And so you've got to just slightly, you know, reach for a better feeling thought, not the best feeling thought, but just sort of easily, you know, the, the thought that's most easily accessible to you, but that feels better. And as you continue to do that and you ratchet your way up this, um, quote-unquote, emotional scale, you become, you know, a better feeling and then a better living um, and create a better living sort of existence. And so it's just really about telling a better feeling story about where you are based in truth. And if you can do that over and over again, eventually that better feeling story will become your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way that you put that, the emotional scale. That's so important to realize, especially when you're newer to this type of uh, thought process, or as I call it, mindset, is that you don't have to throw out the anger and think you're going to go to be, you know, doing a happy dance, but that you can maybe throw out the anger and go for disappointments and then move up from there, right? Absolutely. It's a very, it's actually, you know, a very, um, and that's something you mentioned before, a very Abraham Hicks kind of concept. And the one thing that science is telling us is that that that's largely true, that, you know, to to the extent that you can reach for a better feeling thought, um, but it be based in truth and do it gradually, you're going to make a lot more improvement than if you try to take the quantum leap and go from, you know, complete disempowerment um, to feeling powerful, you know, all in one fell swoop. Yeah. So, so Rob, let's take a little step back. You know, it's, um, I love this, the foreword in book is written by actress and singer Vanessa Williams. And she says, Rob Mack is a, a younger, cooler Tony Robbins. And his book is the most comprehensive and most practical guide for living the life of your dreams. I He's, agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Vanessa. <laughs> what a sweetheart, right? But she obviously yes. believes it. Yes, this is true. Have you have you worked with Vanessa? Yeah, actually, um, <clears throat> I was at him for a long time. I guess it's been about eight years. I worked as a model and actor, and um, so you know, I did uh, you know the typical stuff that models do: uh, runway shows and magazines and, and billboards and stuff like that. And then I moved into acting, and so there was a TV show, if you remember, um, a very short-lived TV show called South Beach that's filmed out of Miami Beach. Uh, Oops, and I think we lost Rob, so our producer will get him back for us in just a minute. But, uh, you know, before that happened, um, we're talking about making different choices, moving up that emotional scale. Sorry there, Marla, I lost you. Oh, there you are. Okay, so we're talking about South Beach. That's okay. Yeah, so I was on a a very short-lived TV show called South Beach on the UPN, later became CW, and I played Vanessa Williams' sort of abusive model boyfriend on the show. And um, so we met on the show, and uh, then I probably ran into her about six months later with her daughter in South Beach, 
And uh, I knew that she didn't know Miami very well. She was living in Miami, and I you know, approached her and said, Hey, Vanessa, I don't know if you remember me, but I was the actor that roughed you up on South Beach. And, um, and she said, Oh, yeah, I do remember you, Rob. Um, you know, how are you? And I said, Oh, I'm great. I said, uh, You know, I know that you don't know Miami that well. I'd love to show you around. And uh, so, she, you know, that she said, Great. You know, here's my direct number. Give me a call. And so I called her the next day, and, she, and I said, Let's meet. We'll have lunch. And, and she said, Okay, that sounds great. And she said, uh, You want to pick me up? And at the time, of course, I only had a scooter. So, you know, I said, you know, I've got this Vespa. How do you feel about riding on the back of a Vespa? And she was, like, really excited about it. So um, I knew then that it was, um, you know, it was a good fit just as far as her being playful and everything. And so it was probably about two two years or so um, that we dated. And, um, you know, and now we're just, you know, really, really great friends. And I love her her kids and, and her and her, pa- uh, her mom. Her dad has since passed. But, um, you know, so it's just been since then we've just maintained really great um, friendship, and we've had really deep conversations about, you know, life and love and, and, and loss and things like that. And um, so, yeah, that's how I know her. Well, that is truly a, a beautiful story and a beautiful forward that she wrote for your book um, from an absolutely just beautiful woman inside and out, I'm sure. So congratulations on that. That's, uh, that says a lot about you and uh, about all of these wonderful principles that you're teaching. So, so Rob, how... You know, tell us a little bit about the author. Tell us a little bit about mm. you and, and how yeah. you came into this this mindset. Yeah, you know, I think um, it was. I've always had a real interest in what makes people tick, right? And so, growing up, you know, I think I I was always I was a very introspective kid. You know, I I, I was academically I did really well, athletically I did really well, socially I had great friends. I wasn't always happy for those things, though. Um, I had a really great life on the outside, and on the inside, I didn't feel like great for it. And so I spent some time really trying to figure that out. Um, but before I figured it out, I went through a really dark, depressed period, um, a suicidal period. Um, and, and during that period, which has later turned out to be one of the most um, sort of um, insightful periods of my life, um, I discovered I had a real passion for helping other people live happier, healthier, and wealthier lives from the inside out. And so, you know, I'm just sort of like, you know, an everyday guy. Um, really, I mean, I love my sports. I, I, you know, I love reading books. I love the beach. Um, but I have a real passion, I think, an, an unbridled passion and an unparalleled sort of enthusiasm and, and joy for life and a real desire to help people live their best lives and to do it today, like not tomorrow, like right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I love to help people live that life, and I do it by speaking and by, and by writing um, most specifically, um, but that's that's sort of who I am. I have a you know big dreams and, and big goals like everybody, um, and I think um, through some really really adverse circumstances. I mean, I had two beautiful cars, I had a great job, I was making great money. I lost the job, I lost the cars. Still miss those cars, Marla. And um, you know, um, but 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 I, but I found that without those adverse circumstances in my life, without things going really, really bad, I wouldn't be sitting on the phone with you today having this fantastic conversation and inspiring people to live their best lives and to do it immediately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, I think that that's an important thing for people who are not in a good place as we speak to realize that most of us who have gotten to a place where we can say we're genuinely happy on the inside have gone through some really, really tough times and we've taken the opportunity to really learn from those and understand that the shifts that we need to take are internal, not about our environment on the outside. That's exactly it, Marley. Couldn't have said it any better. You know, that the way to control, you know, 
we don't realize the power that exists within us. And we don't realize um, that the power that exists within us is the same intelligence that rules the entire earth. It's the same thing that, that basically allows us to breathe. It's the same intelligence um, that basically allows every other living creature to live. It's the same thing that makes the sun come up and, and, and go down. And so once you come to an understanding that there's a power within you and that there's a law which corresponds to that power and that, and that it's through your thinking and, that, and through your interacting with life, um, and through your relationship with life, that you make the most of that law, that you make the most of your life, that you make the most of yourself, um, when you come to that understanding, it changes everything. Because no longer do you try to control conditions directly. Do you try to control people directly? You control what you think. And by controlling what you think, you, by virtue of that law, put something into play that changes your entire life, that changes those conditions, that changes that relationship, that changes your health. And so, you know, really at the end of the day, it's quite simple. It's just a thought. Yeah. It is. And listen to you. I love, I love, love, love that passion when we get on this piece of the topic, you know. It's so yeah. simple. Yeah. It's the flip of a switch. That's it. That's exactly it, Marla. That's exactly it. It's a flip of a switch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love, Rob, how you're able to speak to this from, um, from a scientific standpoint to some degree, you know, because I, I have to say for, for those of us who do coach, uh, universal law and, and the types of things that we're talking about here today, it is a tricky, uh, a, a, a trick topic to introduce mm. these concepts to someone who's totally not familiar and who kind of lives yeah. in that left-brained world, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's such a good point, you know, and that's the one thing, because I was that person, Marla. You know, I think all of us, to some extent, are that person. Um, you know, I, I was always a very analytical person, and I, I wanted to see evidence. You know, for me, it was like, I can't believe anything until I see it. And now, of course, I'm in the place in my life where I realize that you've got to believe things sometimes in order to see them. But what science does for people, like those left brain people, like who I used to be, is that it gives you evidence of but basically the law of attraction, let's say, in action, right? So one of the most mm-hmm. incredible and dramatic findings from the world of positive psychology is that if you find a way to get happy, successful life outcomes follow. What does that mean? That means that the most successful people in the entire world, right, the people that make $750,000 more over the course of their entire lifetime, the people that live six to seven years longer, the people that experience fewer illnesses and that have to go to the doctor less, the people that experience less job burnout, the people that get married earlier, stay married longer and are happier in those relationships, whether they're married or, lo- or not, have all found a way to get happy first. And when they found happiness, successful life outcomes follows. So what does that mean? That means you've got to find a way to be happy without all those things you think you have. You've got to find a way of believing that something is possible which you have never seen before, which you've only dreamt about, right? And so that, at the end of the day, we're talking about something so simple. It means creating or building this sort of castle in the sky, this capsule in your brain that exists only there and having so much belief and faith that it's going to happen, that you make that reality or make that illusion inside a reality for you. And when you make it a reality for you on the inside, it becomes a reality for you on the outside. Yeah, wow. I love the way that you've said that. And Rob, we're going to go into a break in about 30 seconds or so. When we come back... You know, I'd love to hear about some of the principles that you cover in your book and how, you know, how an individual that is in an okay place or a good enough place or a really bad place can 
really step into that level of faith because, you know, I think that that is the trickiest part. And I believe that once that happens and you have proof and you've witnessed it, it's a different story. But getting there can be hard. So we'll be back in just a few seconds. Great. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. It's time. Time for some R&R. Sure, rest and relaxation is good, but reinvention and re-energizing is even better. Time for some R&R with Rachel Wright. Happens Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Inside Network. You see, when life throws you a curveball such as divorce, the arrival of twins, a loss of a job, or you just seem to be stuck in a rut of your everyday routine, R&R offers you the escape you're seeking. Rachel will introduce you to friends who have been there and done that and chose to reinvent their lives. They will share stories on how they have successfully coped with mind-bending situations. And instead of being a victim of circumstances, they have decided to sit in the driver's seat and take control of the course their life will take. And most importantly, they're enjoying the ride. Check out Rachel's books and her website at themotherofreinvention.com. Plus her page on Facebook, Time for Some R&R. It's time for reinvention and re-energizing. Time for Some R&R. With Rachel Wright, Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. And I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, re building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset part of the her insight network on toginet.com and now back to your host marlon tabaka here with such a wonderfully insightful guest today. I'm just enjoying this so much. Um, Vanessa Woods says that Rob Mack is a younger, cooler Tony Robbins and that his book is the most comprehensive and most practical guide for living the life of your dreams. You can pick that up. I said Vanessa Woods. I met Vanessa Williams. Excuse me. Um, But you can pick that up at happinessfromtheinsideout.com. I think this was a keeper. Rob, thanks so much for being here with us today. I'm just having so much fun. Thank you so much for having me, Marla. I'm having fun as well. (laughs) Good. It's always great to talk about these things. So, so go ahead and, you know, going into the break, we were talking about you know, how, how to take that step into that leap into faith and just know 
that this dream, this wish, this change, this shift, whatever it is, is going to happen for you. How do we begin to do that? You know, I, I think it's, it's um, one of those things that you do with practice. You know, everything, you get better at everything through practice. And so for me, I always like to start where it's easy. I don't want to make anything too hard for myself um, right away. Um, in fact, I don't believe in living a life of struggle or, or strain anyway. But what I like to do is just begin to tell a better feeling story based in truth about where I am now. And so, you know, a simple thing for me, when I lost my job, for instance, was to say, this is the worst thing that ever happened. I lost my job, and now I can't afford my two cars, and I can't afford a place to live, and boy, this is the worst thing in the world. That could have, and at first I did go there, right? But then, as as time went on, and I realized that I had a real investment in in being happy and living a better life, and that if I wanted to live a better life, I had to start telling a better feeling story, I began then reaching for thoughts that supported me and empowered me but we're still believable, right? And so I, would start, I started saying, you know, losing my job isn't the best thing in the world, but maybe it's a stepping stone to something better. Maybe it's an opportunity to finally sit down and start writing that book I've always wanted to write. Maybe it's an opportunity for me to enjoy friends and family in a way that I haven't before. Maybe it's an opportunity for me to figure out what I really want to do, right? And so what I've found is if you can just start with where you are, and do it easy and in front of you, and just continue to ratchet up that story. Before long, you'll be telling the story of you losing your job the way that I am now, which is like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me on the entire <laughs> earth, right? Losing my job, thank God, I now have a story to write to fill up my book with. I now have experiences that have led me to greater self-realization. I now live a more successful, happier, and healthier life than I ever did before. And it's all, to some extent, because I lost my job, yes, but because I was sort of insightful enough and paying enough attention to begin telling that better feeling story from then forward, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I where think, you start. Yeah, that's a great example, and I think you've hit on another really important point here is that you not only reached for those better thoughts, but you also reviewed all the wonderful things that began happening. Without question, Marla. Without Appreciation is, uh, you know, for me, it's, that, it's, it's the one tool that connects you to that intelligence, to that power, that God within, that exists within all living creatures, within all life. And so if you can find things to appreciate, um, that in and of itself will allow you to live a happier life and, and therefore a much more successful one as well. So look yeah. for things to appreciate everywhere, right? And look for things to appreciate, especially within yourself. Um, but, they, but there's always something to appreciate no matter where you look. Yeah, and no matter what situation you're in. And, and to not, like, undo the appreciation because... One of the things I hear people do quite a bit is they sort of, what would be the words to put it? I'll give you an example. You know, this and this really happened, and it's just terrible, and so-and-so did this, and this happened. And, I mean, I'm really grateful for, you know, my health and my family, but... (laughs) Yes, the but. Yes! Gotta, I've got to reserve that, that yeah, but, but.com domain. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I love that, Marla. Yeah, I love that. Well, you gotta, you got to copyright that one now or buy that one now. You know, it's interesting, Marla, you bring up a good point, um, and that is, is that I, to some extent, right, it's, just a, it's a habit. You know, we get into the habit. We, we want to find things to appreciate, and we find things to appreciate, but then we fall back into that default setting that you mentioned earlier. And so it's, it's natural, and you don't want to beat yourself up, you know, beat up on yourself for it. But as you notice yourself doing it, it's in that moment that you have now a new opportunity to continue with that better feeling story instead of sort of reversing direction and going back in the direction that you were coming from. And so um, if you can sort of, you know, step away from telling that ain't an awful story 
so much and stick with the appreciative one, you'd be surprised on how you find increasingly more things to be appreciative about and how life will give you more things to be appreciative about. Yeah, yeah. One one of the things that I recall reading once that I really liked, and I use this with some of my clients as a coach, you know, when, when they're in that really kind of bad place and they have a story that they want to tell and it's not a good story, I'll say, okay, your job is to tell it to three people. Start mm. with me. You're telling it to me as it is. The next time you tell it, you know, put some good spin in there. Put a little bit of good spin in there. And the third time you tell it, put a lot of good spin in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that seems yes. to really help. I love it. Well, that's a great tool. That's a fantastic tool. Because what they're doing is they're getting, they're getting an opportunity, well, to do a number of things. One, they're telling the better feeling story. They're also noticing how they feel as they tell the better feeling story. And then they're noticing how easy it becomes to tell an even better story and that, and the story they've been telling just through practice. And so I love that. It's a great tool. Yeah, yeah. So, Rob, we've talked about, you know, uh, sort of ratcheting it up a little bit and throwing out the, the bad feeling and choosing something a little better. What, what are some more of the principles in, in your book, some other tips that you can offer our listeners today? Sure. You know, one of the things that I think is really, really important is to not put um, necessarily a name or a face um, on the sort of on what you want to create in your life so much that you want to be as specific as possible. But sometimes people get so specific that they miss um, that opportunity showing up in different forms, right? And so for me, for instance, for a long time, you know, I wanted um, you know a car. I wanted a really, really beautiful, specific type of car. And um, you know, and I really dreamt about it, and I visualized, and I did everything I could, and I worked towards it. And eventually, you know, there were a number of opportunities that were showing up in my life cars that were basically essentially the same car, but I was so stuck on this one specific car, mm-hmm. this one specific dealership, that I couldn't see the other two opportunities around me. And so sometimes I encourage people not to get so attached to one specific outcome that you lose the joy and, and, and you lose the pleasure and the, and the meaning and the purpose that you have now. But don't ever become so focused on some future moment that you, that you what I call, murder or that you sacrifice some present moment now. You know, always reserve a little room, a little space for the universe to deliver um, your manifestation or what you want in your life in its own specific way that's most efficient, um, you know, and, and, and most effective. Well, I think that's such an important point, Rob, and, and again, really well said. It's, um, you know, not getting attached to that outcome as you yeah. see it. Because, you know, the, the, the saying that... that uh, you know, nice presents come in small packages or whatever that mm-hmm. saying is. I messed mm-hmm. that one yeah. up. But, you know, it it can be different than what you think, but it doesn't mean it can't be as good or better. Probably better. Yeah, that's absolutely it, you know, um, Marla. That, you know, I, I, love that, I love that expression that, you know, all gifts don't come in pretty wrapping paper. Um, you know, and sometimes, and, and it speaks to another principle, um, Marla, that you've sort of, you know, inspired within me, and that is the, it's the principle of... Um, you know, adversity of how you deal with adversity, of embracing adversity. And so, you know, one of the things that people forget is that, you know, adversity, or what we sometimes call contrast, I think Abraham calls it contrast as well, is what makes life so beautiful. That life is really this huge buffet, and you get to choose your experiences based on your thoughts and, and based on how you react to, you know, specific events in your life. And that without adversity, you would not be encouraged to slow down take stock of your life, and reprioritize what's truly, truly important. And so you've got to come to a place where you really appreciate adversity. I remember reading somewhere um, really, really interesting. You'll really appreciate this, Mala, as well, your listeners, you know, about Lance Armstrong. 
And Lance Armstrong, of course, as you know, won whatever it was, like six Tour de France, you know, um, and six Tour de France's, I think, and, um, and they, but he also had cancer twice. And he was asked, and he said, you know, which of those experiences, the Tour de France wins or the cancer, which of those two would you, would you be willing to give up? And he said, you know, every single time if I had to choose, I would always choose the cancer over the six Tour de France wins. And they said, why in the world would a man choose cancer to have cancer over winning the Tour de France six times. He said, it taught me more about life, more about who I am, and gave me more purpose and meaning than the six Tour de France wins could have ever done. And so, you know, that's a perfect example or illustration of how important adversity is. It makes you who you are, and it helps you accomplish things that otherwise you wouldn't accomplish. Yeah, it certainly does. And, you know, unfortunately for, for most of us, it's only in hindsight that we can go back and, and have that awareness. But... But something that, you know, I like pointing out to people is, okay, maybe you'd go through something like that that's, that's nearly tragic as, you know, the, in the time that you're going through it. But it doesn't have to happen time and time again into your life, in your life, you know. Yes. Well, that's absolutely such a good point. You know, oftentimes, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really think of life as a school so much um, where there are lessons to be learned and, and, and there's a curriculum to be taught or anything like that. Um, but I do think that there are patterns of experience that repeat themselves, and they repeat themselves um, when you sort of didn't really understand it the first time. And so, and so, and there's nothing wrong in any of it. Um, it's no. just an experience that's repeating itself. And to the extent that you can change the way that you interact with the world, you can change your relationship with life. You'll, those experiences will, you know, change as well. You know, the world is basically a mirror, and it's reflecting back to you what you think about yourself, what you think about the world itself, and to the extent that you change your face in that mirror, you change your thoughts, and you change the reflection you're getting. Yes, absolutely. It, it truly is the dance of life, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is a dance, Marla. That's a great way of putting it, actually. You know, a lot of us think of, of life as sort of a, as a, um, as a problem to be solved, and, and I don't think that at all. It's, it's a dance to be danced, it's a song to be sung, and it's a mystery to be lived, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're paying attention to those nuances of in life, um, and we understand that these these occurrences are things that we're attracting into our own life for a purpose, and and we stay on top of that awareness, we really can change the outcome. Oh, without question, and not only can you, you will. If there's yeah. no question in my mind, and when you get to the place that you don't think this, you don't just hope for this, you don't just believe this, but you know this, when you know this, when you know without any question of a doubt that this situation is going to change or you will die. That is the, that is the place where I've gotten to in my life, that my circumstances will become what I want them to become or I will run out of time and I will die. Basically, it's that simple. And when you come to that knowingness within you, there's nothing that can ever stand in your way. But it has to be a knowingness. It has to be something that you embody spiritually from the inside out. Absolutely. Yeah, and that knowing, um, it comes with a feeling, doesn't it? It, it just, yes. I can't even describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a deep realization. It can't just yes. be intellectual. It can't just right. be a concept, right? It's got to be something you feel. And, you know, it's not something you want to necessarily force, but it absolutely yeah. should be a feeling of faith. Yes, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. 
and we'll be right back after these. Hey, you living the dream like Nina and Cindy? Sweet jeans were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and got the t-shirts. Check out their website, ltdchix.com. Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com. Com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Welcome back, and we're here today with best-selling author Robert Mack, and in his book, Happiness from the Inside Out, which you can pick up at happinessfromtheinsideout.com, uh, Rob uses principles based in science, spirituality, and professional and personal experience that will help you to change the conditions and circumstances in your life by changing the way you think. And, and Rob, correct me if, if, you, if you disagree, but this is, you know, when somebody decides, hey, I'm, I'm so done with living this way. It is time yep. for me to be happy. It's, it's kind of a job. I mean, you really have to vote yourself a process to change your life, right? Yeah, you know, it, it, it is. It, uh, it certainly, I, 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 am, I would say that it takes practice. Um, I sometimes, um, I lean away from saying job or work because it scares people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it, it does, it does. But, but it does require effort. But the effort doesn't have to feel like such hard work. It can feel like play. It can feel like a really intense, you know, you know, uh, period of, of going swimming or something that you, that you really enjoy, something, you know, scuba diving, something you really enjoy. But, you know, the, the idea that you're right, that, you know, most of us wouldn't change if it weren't for discontent. And so discontent is the first step in change, you know. It, it forces you to a place of change. But if you can, and if you can just spend time, and it's consistency that really counts here. So, you know, don't think that you're going to go out and run the marathon 
you know, tomorrow, and I mean that metaphorically with the happiness, don't think that t- 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 tomorrow you're going to necessarily, you know, be 100% happy if, you know, you find a way to, t- t- to tell only positive feeling stories for the rest of your day. It's not that it doesn't work that way. But if you're consistent, if you're really consistent, I promise you, you'll be able to live a life of happiness and of health and of well-being in, much, in a much more uh, smaller period of time and with a much less effort than you ever thought was possible. Um, so it's just consistency. Just stick with it. Um, that's the most important thing. You know, I, t- I t- tell that to people and my clients in every respect. If it comes to meditation, if it comes to, to telling a better feeling story, if it's, if it's with respect to a relationship, set the bar really, really low so that you're almost embarrassed if you don't show up. Just, just, just make a plan of like meditating for two minutes a day or just make a, a point of telling one better feeling story every day. And if you do that consistently and you kind of ratchet it up, as time yeah. goes on, I promise you that your life will get better and better and better. It's inevitable that it will. It's impossible for it not to. Yeah, yeah. Consistency is definitely key, and I know that for some people, even even setting the bar real low and staying consistent with it can be a challenge, but we need to set reminders for ourselves. And I think, too, Rob, that we come to turning points where you have awarenesses that take you to that next level. And for, for me... Um, you know, I used to go through this pattern where, um, well, I started out as, as someone with severe anxiety and panic issues back that started back in my 20s. And, you know, as I evolved and that changed and that shifted, eventually it came to a place for me where I would go through these patterns every maybe four to six months where I would just slump into this period of sadness, just deep, deep sadness. And the turning point for me there when I started really applying the tools to the next level was that I realized that, okay, if that happens, there may be another, you know, reason that I have to embrace for that. And I I started to accept it, but I started to know without a doubt that it would shift again and that I would find that happier place again. That's incredible, Marla. That's really incredible. Especially considering what you do now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, with respect Mm -hmm. to... Yeah, it's, it's important, I think, for people to know that, you know, you need to embrace the outcome, allow the outcome, and, you know, that faith, like we were talking about earlier. And once you do that, you'll hit that turning point where you can, you know, go to that next level. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that helped me a lot with that was yeah. that I was an extremely anxious kid, extremely anxious, extremely insecure, voted most, most shy in my high school class. And it's interesting, one of the things that helped me a great deal was coming to an understanding about death because all fears mm-hmm. at the end of the day are really a, they're really fears of separation or fears of isolation and for me that all boils down to a fear of death right people are afraid yeah. that there's something uncontrollable and interesting when I talk to people and I really really inquire because I, I talk to I have clients sometimes that have gone through um, you know grieving they've lost one person maybe they've lost their entire family and and it brings them face to face with a fear of their own death and I say when you think about death tell me what you know about death. And they start saying, well, you know, I know that there's this or that. And I said, no, what do you know experientially? What, have you, what do you know firsthand? Tell me what you know. They said, well, I, I, I guess I don't really know anything about death. And I say, how do you know that death isn't the crowning moment of your life? How do you know it's not the climax of your life? It's not the pinnacle of your existence? How do you know it's not the most ecstatic experience you'll ever have? I said, well, I don't. I said, exactly. So the worst thing that can happen to you on your deathbed or in your life is a belief. That's it. That's the worst yeah. thing that can do, that ever happened to you. And once you come to that understanding that your fear is really a fear of the unknown, and that there's that you've been through all kinds of experiences before that were unknown. In fact, your next moment is unknown. 
and you've, uh, you've, you've gone through those experiences and you come out what, just fine on the other side, you have to know that there's a, some positive, all-knowing, purely loving energy that runs through this world and that will continue to be with you even in your moments of death, especially in your moments of death. And so, you know, I think that if you can come to grips with your own concept about death, um, a lot of these other fears begin to sort of just fade away. I love that. I love that. That's so beautifully put. And, and it's so true. So true. The only, you know, one of the things that really gets me through those fear moments is, is that saying, the only thing to fear is fear itself, right? I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So, Rob, we have, oh, probably about five minutes left in the show. Um, can we walk through some steps that the average, typical person can do when they get up in the morning? Um, are there some practices that you really, really like to help people endorse, endorse uh, you know, yeah, that people do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can, and we, we can have this conversation for the next five days. While, I you know. know <laughs> for both of us. But, you know, the one thing that I, that I really encourage people to do, of course, is to make happiness a goal. It's amazing how many people don't actually have happiness as a goal in their life. It should be the overarching goal of your life. If it, and if it's not, if you're not aware of that, um, you need to be really clear about that because you're not going to achieve something that you've never set out to achieve, right? So make happiness your goal. The second thing is become more sensitive to how, the way you feel um, about everything. So always keep part of your attention and focus inside on, your, on that inner being or your inner you. And notice how conversations make you feel. Notice how the relationship makes you feel. Notice how everything you, you do in your life makes you feel. And then begin to lean in the direction of better feeling actions, better feeling words, and better feeling thoughts. And do that consistently. Okay, so that's the first sort of step to start with. Now, as you do that, some of the things that I use that are a little bit more tangible, you know, of course, an appreciation or a gratitude journal is just great, where you just list the things that you love about your life, the things that you appreciate about your day, things that you appreciate about yourself. Just list them out. Let it be organic, you know, because at the end of the day, happiness is not about pasting smiley stickers on empty gas tanks or empty bank accounts. So we're not trying to make something that's inherently or feels inherently negative and say that it's positive. It's not that at all. It's looking for the things that are already good in your life and accentuating those things, exaggerating those things, highlighting those things. Um, You know, the other thing that I really encourage people to do is to sit alone in a room or somewhere quiet, and I stay away from the M word, meditation, but I ask people to just pay attention to the thoughts that are running through their head. Just listen to yourself. Listen to that, what I call, your inner crackhead. We all have an inner crackhead, right? Living in, our, in, the, in the attic of our, of our head, basically telling us stories all day long about what somebody said and what it means to us or what happened with a specific event and what it means to us. And so just pay attention and begin to listen. If you can be more conscious of the thoughts that go through your head, at least sometimes in just watching them, the stories begin to dissolve. But as a second step, as you watch those thoughts that go through your head, you can begin reaching for better feeling thoughts, for better feeling stories. But if you're not conscious of what you're thinking, you'll never be able to change it. Um, so if you can do those two things, spend time alone, even just, just two or five minutes a day, and pay attention to your thoughts, maybe focus on your breathing, um, and then keep an appreciation journal or, or gratitude journal. And then as a third step, I would tell people, and it's something I was very vigilant about in the very beginning, when you're really, really unhappy, when things are not um, to your liking and you're not enjoying your life and you're feeling dysphoric and beyond that, maybe you're feeling very depressed, stop doing things that hurt. Stop doing things that you don't like doing. I remember a point in my life where I was so suicidal and I was so determined to be happy that if a conversation wasn't to my liking 
or if a specific activity was not to my like, I stopped doing it that very second. And I found my way out of that conversation or out of that activity in a very diplomatic way, but I stopped doing things that hurt. And if you can just make that a practice, you'll reconnect with your center and you'll reconnect with that you know, source of good and that source of joy and pleasure in your life. And it will become you know, second nature. It will become something that's more habitual. Yeah, yeah, and I think that brings around that, and I, I love those points. They're so right on, and, and as you promised, so achievable, and it brings us to a whole, again, like we could talk for the next five days about this, and I know that, but the whole other topic of disempowering the people that you think make you feel these things, mm. and realize that no one is making you feel anything but you and yourself and to take that power away from other people nobody has a right yes. inside your head like that, that that's exactly it uh, Marla anytime that you blame somebody for, or blame an experience for what's going wrong you render yourself completely powerless to do anything about it so if you give yes. them the blame you also have to give them the credit and that means you have to wait on them now to change and waiting on yeah. somebody or an experience to change without you changing it is waiting for, you know, the impossible. You can wait forever, right? Yes, you will wait forever. This is absolutely true. We learned that, haven't we, Marla? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, sir. We have. Rob, it's been more than delightful having you here today. And um, I hope that everybody listening just runs out and buys a copy of, of your book because it's just, it's so grounded. In, and that I love that about the way that you and about the things that you deliver is that they they are so grounded. It's not, uh, you know, out there in the ethereal woo-woo world. And I think yeah. we need that. So thank you ever so much for being here with us today. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I just I, I just want to remind people that, you know, um, and it's something that you and I share, I think, Marla, that you're not meant to live a small life. You know, you're not right. meant to live a small life at all. Live a big life. You know, you're not meant to small um, dance a little dance and sing a little song. And you're meant to, you know, dance as wildly as you can, sing as loudly as you can, and to jump as high as you possibly can. You know, live a big life, um, but live and you, and you do it from the inside out. And live it on a Vespa! Yes! There you go! <laughs> if at all possible, live it on a, on a, on a Vespa. <laughs> Happiness from the inside out.com. Go pick up a book by Robert Mack. It just promises to be a good read. I know that I'm going to pick that up. And join me here next week for uh, Marla Tabaka Ask the Coach Week. Um, if you're feeling stuck, stranded, and like this happiness that we're talking about today is just uh, within your reach but not in your life, you know what? Call in live next week and let's work your way through it together and take you to that next plateau, that next level, because you deserve it. And happiness is not only within your reach, but it's here with you right now in this very moment today. Thank you, Robert. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on the Her Insight Network on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get